Nick's watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nick's is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nick's and Grace. Welcome to episode 36 of There's No Place Like Tara, a first watch rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we are going over season two, episode 13, Spirits. Yes. Um, I have an indie song in my head right now that goes, I've got guns in my head and I don't know, and I have no idea what the song is called, but it says something about spirits. Believe it or not, that's not my AKA. My AKA is Puppies! Puppies! <laughs> It's a good puppy. Uh, yeah. Because actually it is a puppy and it not a wolf. A, yeah. It's a puppy. It's a great puppy. It's a... Okay, we'll get into this in depth, but there is a great scene where this puppy and Daniel have like... <laughs> a moment? A moment. They just, it's like they might as well be doing Shakespeare with each other. It is the most beautiful acting I've ever seen on uh, Stargate. And I was just going, we're drinking spirits. <laughs> we are um, drinking spirits. We are. We're drinking actually barrel-aged spirits. Um, I like spirits. My a, favorite kind of A spirits. gin and tonic with, uh, with gin that Bartender Nick has barrel-aged. Because for... if gin wasn't amazing enough already... Fair. I didn't start liking gin until it was barrel aged. Mm. Gin um, has always been my favorite. Maybe I'm an old man. You know, <laughs> deep in my soul, I'm an old man. So before we get started on this, um, because we 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 won't necessarily have a tangent cast on it, can we just uh, gush about how awesome Captain America: Civil War is? Oh my gosh! It was listen. So I was hanging out with a friend of mine who I actually call Captain America uh, <laughs> because I played this game where everybody has become some sort of Marvel character. By the way, Nixie is Miss Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so I was hanging out with Captain America himself, and he's like, "I think this might take my number one." Uh, it's. I think it's my favorite adventure film. Well, that's that's what he was saying. Yeah. And, and boyfriend Jesse was like, it's it's got all the qualities to be the the number one Marvel universe. It's the best uh, portrayal of Spider Man that we've had. That's true. The <laughs> most I, it's the, the most comic book accurate Spider Man, and I feel oh okay the the major fight, and then we're gonna keep it spoiler free. But I think the major fight in the middle is my m- favorite most comic book fight. Oh, epic major fight yes. they've had. That is pretty epic. And that it's is straight, epic. It feels like it's straight off the pages. Yeah, and we won't go into detail about it because no. I know even in the trailer they edited things they out. They edited things very carefully. So, so what you, you don't think, see some things yeah. that are in the movie and they they did admit they're like, yep, we did that to keep it a secret. They, they did it, uh, they edited and they kept enough stuff. Edited it. Edited it. Um... <laughs> I think it was it was wonderfully well done. I actually really like the graphic novel, the Civil War graphic novel, oh, okay. and I think they did a really nice job at changing the main plot uh-huh. with while keeping the story very similar, like the yeah. same in spirit. I think the only point of controversy that I've even heard so far is at me. Is that, oh, is that yeah. it? Is there like, Aunt May is no. too hot. She is not old enough. And I I'm like, I don't care. I am fine with a hot Aunt I don't May. care. It's Marissa She's Tomei. amazing. <laughs> she is old enough to be his aunt. She is exactly. a, beautiful. I think, I think she works perfectly as Aunt May. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It was great stuff. And and while we're on the tangent things, yes. everybody needs to play Uncharted 4. <laughs> I just spent my entire life beating that game with the help of boyfriend Jesse. This is, it's a team effort. Yeah, yeah. I don't do well with the running and the gunning, <laughs> but I'm a kick-ass at puzzles. Um, 
It's amazing. It's beautiful. The story, the writing, Neil Druckmann is is great. He's a great director. I love how you spent a marathon session playing Uncharted 4. I did. And I spent a marathon session spinning yarn today. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever your nerddom is, embrace it. Embrace it. it. (laughs) I sat at a brewery yesterday spinning yarn on my drop spindle in public. Okay, embrace your nerddom. I ate olives and cheese and drank ginger ale and coffee (laughs) while playing Uncharted 4. I think if you include, you know, eight hours for sleeping. It took us... <laughs> you didn't actually sleep for no, eight we hours. we didn't sleep for eight hours. It took us about 24 hours to get through the game. Uh, but again, there was a sleeping break, and there was a nap break at some point, and a couple of potty breaks. You, know, you yeah. need to eat and sleep. Well, and, you trade off, you trade off yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you like, like, you need me to do things for a while? Yeah. Oh, look, I'm dying. I'm yeah, dying some more. The, the game is not paused during potty no, breaks. No, no, no. It's, yeah, it it's like, tell me if I'm... In fact, there was one moment... Of bickering between Grace and boyfriend Jesse <laughs> while I was making dinner. And it's like, you're supposed to be telling me what's happening <laughs> while I make us food. <laughs> but yeah, it's an absolutely amazing game that, you know, they've outdone themselves. There was a little bit of things where you could see that the game had been rushed as far as graphics go. But to me, that I gives it character. I never played Uncharted because we you are an ex- I'm sure yeah. we're an Xbox family. That's true. And listen, if you are a player PlayStation fan to the core, the way I am. <laughs> Definitely been since since PS1. And also a Naughty Dog person from the beginning. Naughty Dog is a developer. I, I uh, have heard that name. Okay. I know enough about games. There is heard the name. a great moment that is specifically for those of us who have been playing Naughty Dog games from the time <laughs> of Crash Bandicoot. It's beautiful moment. I screamed and smacked where he does it. He's like, ow, I'm a human here. Stop it. That hurts. Amazing, amazing Amazing, amazing. Play Uncharted 4 at Thief's End. It's beautiful. And now I'm looking up all the pirates that were featured. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. Well, we're a Stargate. We're a Stargate podcast. We've gotten our tangents out of the way. So, um, Spirits first aired on October 23rd, 1998. It was written by Tor Alexander of Valencia, which, um... First of all, that's an awesome name. No kidding. That is like a superhero name. It's like this Inigo is... Montoya. I'm prepared to Exactly. <laughs> this is his first Stargate writing credit, but he's been a writing editor for almost the whole season so far. Wow. So, and it was directed by Martin Wood, whom, we you know, know love. We may Just know that name. everything about Martin Wood I love. So, um, we have a couple really cool guest stars uh, this episode. Okay. Um, Tonane is played by Rodney A. Grant. He's most well-known for Wind in His Hair from Dances with Wolves. Oh. Which is where most people recognize right his face. Uh, he was also in, like, Wild Wild West, Ghosts of Mars. Ghosts of Mars is the horrible 2001 horror film starring Ice Cube that was set on Mars. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's bad. That sounds like a bad it's I need to watch. Ba- it's it's a bad that you don't need to watch. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, did we just miss a good opportunity with Friday the 13th coming? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, He was also in a mid-90s series, Hawkeye, which I had to point out because it stars Linda Carter and Wonder Woman. Uh, (laughs) Wonder Woman. Uh, You can't say it once. You have to do it twice. Exactly. Um, (laughs) He's... He's also he's a it's a nice trend that they have here for okay. the main the main people we see of the um, Salish people, which I'll cover. But he's he's a member of the Omaha tribe. Oh, cool. And I just like the fact that along with the two elders that we see and I'm sure many of the background characters, they didn't just cast someone who had dark skin. Sure. 
it, I find it kind of relevant, especially now because we have the whole quote unquote controversy. It is a controversy uh, uh-huh. about casting non-Asian actors in Asian roles with Ghost in yeah, the Shell. That's true. Uh, with, with all the other things. So yeah. Or, or the, what was the, there was a, it was, I think the Nina Simone project. Maybe not. Maybe it was Billy. I know there was a blues musician. Yeah. That they cast Zoe Saldana. Yeah. And then they're like, well, wait a minute. We're not really sure that she represents the, the race and color yeah. that was. So I, I give them, to me, it gives this episode a little bit more street cred. Sure. If that yeah. makes sense. You know, it these, gives it maybe a bit of integrity. Yeah, because with the elders we see in this, uh, the two elders, one is played by, uh, I think it's the the main, the first one we hear talking, is played by Chief Leonard George, who's actually a chief of his people and is a Coast Salish native. Like, so, and the, the, the tribe that we see in the series is descendant of the Coast Salish. Oh, okay. So, and we also, the other one is Byron Chief Moon, um, who is from the Blackfoot Confederacy. Okay. He's also, it's uh, cool, he's a founder of the Coyote Arts Percussive Performance Association, which is a dance theater company that does some really cool stuff. That sounds uh, cool. I saw a couple clips. It's really interesting. <laughs> uh, it's really fun to watch. So does um, this mean, is this like, um, so is this dance and music? Because yeah. it's percussive. Yeah. Okay. Right um, on. But what's, I just found it... it to me, these are people who were not going to be a part of this if they were completely bastardizing their sure. culture, you know? That's true. So I, I really like those really tiny details that no one else would know. The fact that he's, that, that, you know, one of the elders is actually from, you know, the people who are being portrayed. Yeah, they did their best to not make this something cringeworthy. Exactly. And what's, what's cool is the... Coast Salish are is is native of Vancouver, okay. where they film the episode. Oh, cool. So yeah. they're just picking the local, you know, right. the local, the local that, color. that's the local color that's there, and you know the artwork that that sort of. So fills what is the actual area. indigenous to the area? Yeah, not just let's just pick a thing that everybody exactly. Knows. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's there's something about making an effort, and it sounds like they made a genuine effort. And you know, this is this. definitely a moral of the story episode, right? Right, <laughs> that we'll cover later. On. No kidding. <laughs> they they punctuate that real hard <laughs> at the end. Um, so instead of mixing this in later on, we're just going to get the history according to Stargate done right off the top of the bat. Done. Uh, and there's a lot of it because I had a lot more fun and I found, like, I, I had a lot of fun researching sort of the history in this one. Hmm. Um, and so the Coast Salish people, again, convenient because they're from the Vancouver area, um... What I found kind of cool is an interesting point of their culture is unique among a lot of the native cultures in the area. That they're they are most in the area are matrilinear, like they oh, cool. they trace their descent from the female line, which to me makes sense because you know who the person's mother was, right? No you know, what, yeah. Birthed them. Uh, but they yeah. are they are <laughs> patrilinear. Um, oh. And, you know, most part of the worlds are. That's how you get the whole family name that's passed on, right? Um, and their art is really closely associated with the area. It's that big, bowl of beautiful, like, blacks and reds. It What reminds me of Celtic Network. Oh, okay. Type thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we... I'll, 
touch on it later when we see it, but the the longhouse that they had wasn't totally inaccurate. Oh. Uh, they did have, like, raised sleeping platforms, and the storage was sort of underneath them, and they had hanging places so things could dry. Right on. Because usually they stayed in those longhouses in the winter. Okay. That was, like, their home permanent base. Okay, okay, so cool. that part was I guess they cold. would have cold winters up that far. Yeah. North. Yeah. They oh, get okay. cold winters. There was a winter Olympics there. Oh, hey, I know those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that was. <laughs> I forget. Um, <laughs> they come across a, a totem some point early on in the episode, and, you know, totems weren't actually traditionally carved that far I don't want to say that far down on the Pacific coast, South, but yeah. yeah, they're more closer. They originated much more north, closer to a sort of modern so like Alaska. the Yukon region and yeah. Alaska. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. And I found this uh, article from the Burke Museum from last year, written by Robin K. Wright. Um, I will hopefully try to remember to post this because it's really interesting. Okay. And apparently, totem started down the Vancouver area, uh, the Vancouver Seattle area. Um, in the late 1800s, and some people from Seattle wanted to position themselves as the gateway to Alaska. So oh. they brought, they literally like cut someone's totem pole down and brought Yikes. it down <laughs> and installed it. Like this uh, is the thing that you're going to find up there a lot. It's yeah. like, it's like when you start to see the sprinklings of McDonald's yeah. in, in other countries, like <laughs> yeah. come here, Americans, this is safe. Um, and so it wasn't until <laughs> was a few weird. decades later, like in the, in the 1920s or so uh-huh. that the Salish artists, because they obviously are they are very experienced in carving they carved out these beautiful elaborate like um uh canoes and things okay um i'm gonna liken it more to when i see a panera i'm like oh my people are oh yeah panera these are my people like look there's a panera this is a safe safe. place for me to be yep yep (laughs) um but it's then that the salish artists started carving like story poles um which is like the, the family crest type things usually they featured more of like a single figure and not really the multi figured Okay. Crest styles that you imagine when you hear a totem pole. Um, so they're kind of a symbol of the area, but they're really misunderstood. Sure. The stories that they're telling usually misunderstood because they're specific to something. Yeah, um, there's the, 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 I guess there's, uh, what was the way to say this? It's almost like there's too many um, references that yeah. we won't get. It's yeah. all it's all inside Insider jokes. jokes. Yeah, yeah, it's all inside jokes. Um, yeah. Inside stories. Yeah. And there was a whole section I found about these amazing uh, carvings on the whirls of spindles, but you don't want <laughs> to hear me go on for an hour about these amazing spindles you that I found. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> you don't want to. Save yourself. Save yourself. So <laughs> I'm not going to go about their spinning for an hour, but oh, there's these beautifully it. intricate carved like whirls from spindles and it was yeah. <laughs> I know they're whirls but I hear whirls every time <laughs> because I'm a 12 year old <laughs> on the inside I'm 12 <laughs> so the two spirits that we really meet in this episode are Zales and Takaya yeah uh, and they're both transformer spirits uh, which are they're not transformers they're, 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 they are they are spirits in disguise <laughs> ravens in disguise um <laughs> There are spirit beings, which can normally appear as more than one being, sort of human and animal. Sure. I think the most well-known of this is coyotes. (laughs) (laughs) There was a coyote animal. Yeah, it was a coyote animal. (laughs) Anyway, so coyote is the most well-known. It's, in my research, like... 
I found Raven is a is like the Raven was a, a spirit that was known up in the area. Coyote got up there a bit, but Zales and Takaya weren't really associated with them. Okay. Zales is definitely a name that I found. Is Zales, that a real thing? Because all I can Zales think of was, was a yes. jewelry store. No. Spelled much differently. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, good. That makes me happy. Zales was definitely a name that I found was is separate from the Raven. Okay. Um, but Takaya I couldn't find. I could be spelling it horribly wrong. It could be pronounced you know it, it sure it just it, i couldn't find it in my research okay. um but i feel like in this they're trying to basically make takaya coyote kind of just because it's a okay you okay. know yeah 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 I'll feel just because yeah. it's sort of so phonetically it feels the same exactly he's yeah. you know that he's coyote's a trickster he's a jokester that's true. Um, I couldn't find him associated with the Takaya. Doesn't mean he's not. It doesn't mean he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a sign of you know when you see him, it's don't take things so seriously. It's a chance to change your perspective, to keep yeah. your mind simple, to keep it open. Um, it's, I it's clearly think to Tonane had. is really good friends with Coyote because he is like a Malibu surfer dude. Yeah, okay, let me tell you that those are the most appropriate words. So I actually yeah. made boyfriend Jesse watch this with me um, in the break, in an Uncharted break. And he goes, it's Spicoli. He's, He's Spicoli. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so how appropriate that you said Malibu surfer. I, I completely agree. He's a Spicoli of, of, of peoples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also good chance that Takaya is just uh, the wolf in, okay. of, of that area, the same way Raven uh, they weren't Transformers, but Wolf is known as for his intelligence, his leadership um, and whether it's that or not, I guess they're just sticking with the Transformer in gotcha. disguise concept um, Zales is a name that was used in a lot of stories that I found he sort of bring balance to the world again, a spirit of change He's different from Raven. Raven was sort of a benevolent trickster, much along the lines of Coyote. Okay. Um, and Raven's also like the teacher of right and wrong because he usually misbehaves. He's looking for amusement. Uh, sure. Yeah. He's. I couldn't remember what's the in the highlights. What's the the. Oh, um, I couldn't remember the names of them. Uh, Goofus and Gallant. Yeah, Goofus and Gallant. He, <laughs> yes. he, he teaches the morals a la Goofus and Gallant. Yeah, this is what you do, like Gallant. Don't be like Goofus and yeah. do these dumb things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and also just for fun, it sounds like the Salish people. Uh, it's This is the area, and, and from them we get Sasquatch. And oh. I think the name was um, Sakatis? I... I wrote down the phonetic spelling of of where Sasquatch came from and I clearly misspelt it because it doesn't look right in my notes but it was a powerful but benign large hairy wild man creature I'm gonna blame autocorrect and it was like yeah. this is this pretty it, sure autocorrect I think, I think autocorrect is in on the secret and doesn't want you to know where Sasquatch is Listen, so it's like no 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 this doesn't exist we're gonna change this word when I type my notes up <laughs> autocorrect hates me do you know how many times it respells half the names that I put into here it's pretty great when it yeah it's it's a, the the best ones are the ones on on the phone where you're like no not that word yeah. and it's like this word again <laughs> no that's no that not word. that one oh this word that you said no to twice? no not that word please please delete this word from your memory okay delete this text <laughs> no! and the last part before I finish up this history <laughs> was at least from my not super educated. I guess slightly more educated than maybe the average person, but okay. it doesn't look like the clothing and the outfits are super off base. Okay. Um, like the, the, the beaded breastplate and everything, like it looked 
a lot more legit than a lot of, especially like science fiction and these yeah. TV shows we hit. It, it felt more authentic. Well, and the thing is, you have to, you have to, you have to suspend reality a you little do. bit. You um, do. And, but... But yeah, I'm you know also, when I wonder this, I wonder this when the actors who portray certain roles this are is actually where I'm going. not. It's like, are you comfortable in this? Does this feel like you're making a mockery of your own And that is why I feel like the probably the costumes and everything. I know some of the artwork was off uh, from what sure. I've seen, but I feel like at least some of that, it's like you got, they wouldn't be wearing this if it was completely asinine. Yeah, you know, and I, I agree. Yeah, I wouldn't be comfortable wearing a sombrero and a serape and being like, I'm the Mexican exactly. person. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I wondered that. And I, watching it, I was like, you know, I wonder if there's a sense of comfort, if it's an actor making money. Yeah. Or, or what, you know, how it comes down. And then I was like, okay, pay attention to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's obvious we can... I, and then I saw a puppy and all, everything was Puppy. <laughs> I will, because I like to give everyone a lot of credit, I will say that any uh, any transformations, any, any uh, differences from reality to uh, how this tribe is portrayed, I will put up to they've been on this planet for thousands of years and they have just you know evolved like that's true cultures change that, i'm gonna chalk everything up to that there is a line that daniel says evolve and maintain yes holy farts yes let's get to it all righty into the episode <laughs> finally in the briefing room teal opens up a box that says quarantine on it and we're obviously just ignoring the quarantine what does that word mean i don't know let's just open this box i'm assuming it's through quarantine already but <laughs> teal picks up a piece it's trinium uh-huh. uh, captain connor and sg11 discovered um pxy887 it's supposed to be a hundred times stronger than steel, and that means steel is super strong because it just crumbles yeah, his I head like it's it. nothing. As they say that, this is the strongest metal ever, and then Teal goes, Tilk's back! <laughs> he is not actually Superman. I mean, he's more Hulk than Superman, but it's just really brittle in its raw form. Yeah. And SG-11 was extracting more samples, but they're 48 hours overdue to check in this week, uh, and it's been a while um, I love how Jack, I don't know if you noticed this, when Jack hands it off to Daniel, I believe, who's sitting on the other side of him, he then yeah. smells his hands. Yeah. He brings up his hand and smells his fingers after he passes off the piece of trinium. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, well, that was weird. <laughs> so the UAV on the planet hasn't picked up any indigenous people, and there's no radio traffic or EM signatures. Um, but then as if on cue, the Stargate starts up. And some somehow the not Walter who comes up and says it's SG eleven knows that it's SG eleven before the gate opens or any identification code. Yeah, comes this, I just magically know things. Don't this is not suspicious at all. So they don't close the iris, right. and so that's convenient for the arrow that shoots out of the gate that goes yeah. through bulletproof glass, but yet stops in the middle of Jack's arm. I don't. I don't understand that part either. Just because he's Jack a magnet, is made out of just the most amazing things. He's a magnet pincushion. Uh, yeah, uh, as he references in the next scene. Um, <laughs> so we get credits there, and we get into the infirmary, and Jack will be seeing this one out. He'll be fine. He's just grounded for a few days because quote aliens are always poking me full of poles. I love how um, interesting his hair gets throughout this episode. <laughs> I, I had a it boss. Gets very. It gets very like hipster spiked there for a bit. I, so I had a boss that would start the day off with Don Draper hair. For those of you who haven't watched Mad Men, it was very. Slick back, it was combed over, it was dark hair, parted like 1950s retro look, and as the day got later, he'd run his hands in it, and it would just get (laughs) taller 
and wilder because there was all this product in there. And by the end of this day, he looked like a madman. And I feel like that's where Jack's hair is right yeah. now. It's like this just, what what's happening? Did what's your, that? Did your hairdresser is, quit? What is that? Yeah. What is that? Oh, this is your in paint. Like, is your hair in paint also? <laughs> like, not just your, your body portrays pain, reflects it through your hair. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so the arrow was of Native American, Native North American in design, but it's made of pure forged uh, tritium. Um, and if they are Native Americans, they've definitely advanced technologically speaking. This is all foreshadowing, guys. This is all just cultural reference here. Let's yeah, let's make some big big words here yep. to, to read between the lines of. And they just walked on in and started mining again. Yeah. Yep. We're going to touch, we're going to hammer in that moral of just right coming in and taking bat. shit that ain't ours. Off the bat, we're <laughs> hammering that morals in. Um, and so this is as literally. There's no think, subtlety here. I think Jack actually goes, this is where let's, uh, let's try not and repeat history trend okay, comes in. Yeah. So Hammond walks in and Sam is taking over command of the team. They need to find SG-11, but don't piss off the locals at the same time right. since they still want the trinium. We started off in a bad foot, try to be diplomatic like Jack would be. Side eye. <laughs> Jack and Sam have this nice moment where he he gives command advice by not giving command advice. Right, right. Because it's her first command. Um, and so usually when there's an episode where one of your characters is sitting out half the episode, there's a reason. There's a reason this time. RDA just had his first kid. Oh. And so that's why he's kind of sidelined for after the episode. I was so wondering, could, like, I was like, home with get a kid. lot of RDA in this one. I actually was going, did he actually injure his arm? And no. Oh, that could have happened too. I could, maybe I that's why his hair is so disheveled. He's like, yeah. I haven't slept in a hundred days. Exactly. <laughs> in the last hundred days, there's been a lot of diapers and no sleep. He just had, he just had his, uh, his daughter Wiley. Oh. Um, which is why actually some of Sam's lines sound really Jackish. According to the gotcha. director Martin Wood in an interview, it's because they were written for Jack. And someone had to say them. And yeah. someone had to say them and that's that someone fair. was Sam. Now, I did want to point out something that we say a lot here. Yeah. And... So, this is on an alien planet. These things, these arrows come from an alien planet, but yeah. yet we're calling them Native American. I, well, okay. <laughs> I will say, because Daniel usually, when he gets things, will say, oh, it's of Egyptian design, right. or it's of ancient blah, blah, blah design. Okay. It's probably, he looked at the design work on it. Sure. And it is a carryover of... He can tell it's it's native. We're just yeah. we're just filling words in here. That's like, true. I can't really. Yeah. Def- I, I mean, was I wonder if if you know, in the late nineties, was the word indigenous not the right word? Or I think you I, say indigenous a couple That's times true. this episode. Hammond does say that at yeah. some point too. I think he said that. But anyway, that caught me, and I just kind of chuckled a little bit. Yeah. It's like, of course, it's American because it's all that matters. Well, I also, well, I also <laughs> but, was yeah. like, I was like, well, I guess it's all they're North American. Because I was like, but they're, the tribe's not really from America. But I was like, well, it's well, not American. And that's the thing. Is, like, is the tribe still American if it's on a different planet? It's just, I, is it just native? But this, but I do think they carry over some things that, you know, when they're on, I'm trying to think of uh, the, the one, um, the Broken Divide episode. You know, sure. they were still yeah. like, you know, they're... Greek descendants type that's thing. True. That's so, true. We do still keep different places. Like we do that. like we do still keep the origin. You know, yeah, and Abydos is still we Egyptian. Say Egyptian. We say so, Greek. Yeah, you're I, right. I, st- I do think they. That's a fair assessment. I, I won't. I won't get on his case for that. I'll one take there. it. I'll take um, it. So back on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see a black raven sitting in the middle of the camp. Mm-hmm. Nice foreshadowing again. Nevermore. Um, 
This kind of, this, I think, I, I like how they use the raven in this episode. My yeah. favorite one I'll point out at the end because it's really, I missed it the first couple times I watched this. Okay. And now, once I started seeing it, it's become my favorite shot of, of the episode. You did mention that you, the spirits was not one that you've seen in a while. Yes. Oh, cool. Um, I like that. And you know what? I will say, I haven't seen this in one in a while, and I was supremely pleasantly surprised at awesome. how much I really enjoyed this episode. That's exciting. Uh, but we see uh, Black Raven in the middle of the camp calling. Uh, Sam, Sam and Daniel are here at the camp. Teal'c's off at the mining site right. where it's deserted. The coffee is boiled dry, which a crime against coffee. No kidding. Daniel reads the log on the computer saying that they were getting an average of 47 um, pounds of trinium a day. Mm-hmm. What's cool, I freeze-framed it, for random facts that no one needs to know, <laughs> uh, the requisition form is SCRQ105B, because, you know, Stargate Command Requisition, I guess. It's classified level one eyes only, uh, and they're below the projected estimates due to several unforeseen factors that they explain in section 2B. (laughs) We also see some fun things like this is the SGC field ops system, and Captain Connor logged this at 1327 hours, and his authorization number is 163473-1. So we now can use his authorization yes. number whenever we need to. Exactly. Whenever we need to relinquish anything. You never know. You never know. Um, and his team's on standby. Got it. So <laughs> clearly the mining site is, like, right next door, because Teal'c's now here already. Right. <laughs> and, um... We, he said he tracked two sets of footprints to two detonators. One was discharged, one was not, but no footprints leading away. Like they just disappeared where they stood. Whoa. Creepy. Teal'c, uh... Let's sense- not remember that. That won't come in handy nope, later. Not at all. Teal'c senses something and goes to investigate. Uh, we see a wolf uh, or a puppy dog watching yeah. camp. <laughs> who- as, uh, as, as Grace would go, puppy! Puppy! <laughs> um, can I just say, Kaylee Thor... Quite a fan of this episode. Oh, I believe that. I believe that because she may be part husky in her soul. We, as I said her name, <laughs> she woke up from sleeping going, don't call my name, and yeah. then went back to sleep behind don't us. Don't talk about me. I never signed a release. <laughs> um, and the wolf walk, or the puppy dog, uh, walks off as Teal turns around, but he's certain he heard something. Right. Sure. So they walk through the woods. Uh, Teal'c is standing on a rock outcropping majestically, and they spot a totem pole sort of clan crest ahead. The top has a raven holding a bunch of faces in its wings. Below that is a raven eating a snake or intestines, not Mm -hmm. really sure. Below that is what looks like sort of a stargate on its side, like the outside room. Oh, uh, yeah, that's fair. I get that. Um, And below that is what looks like a serpent guard Jaffa, and all the shiny parts are pure trinium. Okay. Um, And... You know, again, earlier known on totem poles or, cl- or crests, if they're if these are descendants of the Coast Salish taken hundreds of years ago, they would not be making these. But whatever, we're going to ignore that. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so, and Daniel correctly here says that they are clearly Central Coast Salish people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's. Finished- I heard Central Coast, and I perked up, and then I realized <laughs> that they did not mean my Central Coast of California. Yeah, um, that's all I had to share. But that. he's <laughs> he's obviously full of shit because at no point have I seen Zales represented as a raven in my weekend of research. <laughs> well, you know, in, in Daniel's defense, nobody else would know that, so he's just got to come up with yeah, an answer. Yeah, exactly. 
He's sometimes I feel like he just says things to make it sounds like he's smart. I wonder if he's just got a couple of backups that he's like, yeah. if they don't, if I don't know a thing, I'm just gonna say this. I was like, I know the name Zales. Like there's always I know, a default. I know Zales was important and Raven was important. Well, let's combine them. <laughs> this is the no one thing else will now. know. Yeah. Um, he just got lucky that here they're the same thing. So Tilik sends us something again, and we get. Did you pick up on how amazing the music was in this episode? I, you know, I, I didn't. And I feel like I should have. I was so focused. There on- was, you know, I wish I could have found out more about this music. I wish I could have figured out what, like, the chanting was because okay. it was so good. Like, I caught that there was there. Oh, my gosh. And they went with, like, those the Native American yeah. chanting and the, and the sounds of that sort. I just, there's I, something about it, like just worked like it was the really wonderfully effective music where it just draws you in even more that's fair and it just like I oh I loved it I kind of um, want to rewatch again now so <laughs> Tilk knows the wolf was there and it's again it's one of those things where every time he turns like it's already walked past type thing mm-hmm. um and they're all hit with arrows and Sam sees the owners of the arrows walking up as she passes out yeah so we cut to the Salish village. We they're in their longhouse. Uh, well, we we zoom in like on the longhouse. There's some canoes, some drying meat. There's a whole little village being happy and going about its business inside the longhouse. Everyone wakes up right around the same time, conveniently enough. Well, you know, you put the same drug in everybody. I feel like Tilk <laughs> should have been the first one up. Exactly. And been like, I've been out for hours. Where have you? Why are you sleeping in? Yeah. Uh, but they don't have their their vest or weapons or anything like that. And Sam walks towards the door, and she's greeted by a guard with what looks like sort of a cross type thing look like. Okay, yeah. Uh, Sam also discovers the walls are made of flexible trinium, and we discover Sam has the sweetest, tiniest little pocket knife ever. Like, you didn't actually see the pocket knife. She could have been miming this pocket knife, because I don't think yeah. you saw it. <laughs> but it was just the little invisible little knife. I just love the fact that she would have had this super tiny pocket knife that's, like, on her belt buckle or something. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. She wears um, it on a necklace. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a little piece of jewelry. It's like, it's like. Actually, it's, I kind of want that now. <laughs> it's just hanging with her dog tags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and. It's kind of like how Sansa wears the little yeah. tiny version of Needle. Yep, yeah, yep. Uh, Game of Thrones reference for anybody listening. But uh, <laughs> I think she wears a little tiny version of Needle. She's got on the little circle thing. There's a little thing at the end of it. I don't it. think that's representing Needle. She I, could care less about Needle. I think I looked it up. And it's a, it's it's supposed really? to be a representation, a replica of needle. Okay, I'm gonna have to look it up too. That's all. Anyways, <laughs> um, Daniel comments that it's amazing they were able to evolve technologically yet still essentially maintain their way of living, which I found to be a very powerful line. Nice. The the concept of that yeah. of the fact that evolve and maintain. Yeah, you don't have to conform, and you don't have to. You can still you know advance technologically, culturally, art, and still maintain the traditions. And uh, and and the the you know culture that has been part of your life and your people's life for you know hundreds yeah. of thousands of years. Oh, my my philosophy teacher from last semester would be in love with this this <laughs> this thought. It's the idea of of evolving, adapting, being flexible, and but still knowing exactly where you come from, yeah. what your basis is, what your mission statement is. Exactly. And and I think that's what it comes down to. So evolve and maintain. They sound like opposites, but no, they absolutely are interdependent. Exactly. What um, a beautiful phrase. And I think, I think if I'm going to get really like high row about it for mm-hmm. a second, and this is completely off the cuff, I don't know if this works, but I think it's, it's essentially the main, it's something that's important to the culture of the United States. It's the fact that we, 
with very few, with the exception of, you know, the the indigenous people here, we all come from a different culture. Right. And we all strive so hard to take that culture and can keep the aspects that we want to keep and merge it with the new culture that is, or the culture that is here in in America. Oh, I agree with you uh, completely. As someone who's had to learn the balance of assimilate, yeah, versus remember where you came from, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it, where I think you have more of a direct tie, but, yeah, to, but I think it comes in all of our. No, cultures. no, but I'll say yeah. where you have a more direct tie to it. I'm Absolutely. someone who has gone out and searched for it. Yeah. You know, I've gone out and searched for my Scottish heritage, for my yeah. Italian heritage, and purposely drug that back yeah, through, yeah, yeah, and and made it more of an important part of my life, and yeah. and tied myself more to that. And so, you know, I love that. That's why I love that. That's honestly why, if I'm going to go back to spinning yarn, right? That's why I love spinning yarn. It's yeah. it's we have all this technology. I we have machines that will spin yarn for us, right? I like that's the true. fact that. Yeah. I still know how to make something. There's some sort of pride that when there's something that's yours culturally, there's yes. something really stupid that a friend of mine said the other day where he's like, uh, we were all at dinner and we were we were having tacos and he, he wanted to bring me there because I'd never been there and it was a Mexican <laughs> place and he wanted me to vouch for it. And to be fair, any Mexican place I find, I'd have I, you yeah, vouch that's, for it. That's fair. That's I feel like fair. there's any Italian place you bring me there to <laughs> yeah, see yeah, if I can yeah. vouch for the Italian place. And there place. was this idea where he was like, we can't all just, you know, flip the tortillas with our bare hands. It's like, no, that's that's a cultural thing. you got to yeah. learn how to touch the fire with yeah. your hands. It's just exactly. part of what you do. Exactly. <laughs> it was a very silly thing to be proud of. But, yeah, you, you know, you find these cultural ties. They're like, these are mine. This is yeah. a thing. And just because we can have a machine and yet that I'm makes you on a Stargate podcast. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just because we can't we have machines that will make perfect precision, can completely consistent yarn yeah. doesn't mean there is not a complete value in, yeah, we can do if we need to. Right. But there's also an intrinsic value of continuing the tie of learning how to there's an art in this that. yarn. There's yeah. an art and there's a different amount of, of, of time and effort that goes into it. Yeah. So... Soapbox for the day. Uh, all, right, all right, let's get down from this soapbox. It's getting pretty tall. Um, <laughs> so, Dania does say that they're a migratory uh, tribe depending on the season. And yes, he is correct there. The winter villages were permanent. That's where they held most of their ceremonies. That's when they had their downtime. Mm. Um, and uh, that was like November to March. And then the summer camps were temporary sort of roaming things where they gather the food. That's where they mingled with other villages. That makes you know, sense. married people off, got yeah, their ties. That's when you social. It's socialized, exactly. And then you retreat and you like have fun in the winter. You're like, it's winter time, so we're gonna bundle up and hide. And probably drink and and, and, and yeah. have sex. Probably and, that's basically what and winter's we're for. We're gonna just make a lot of babies. Yep. That's, and they're all gonna be born in the summer. That's basically trust me, that's what winter's for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is where we meet Tonane. Uh, Captain Samantha Carter of the SGC is a long name, so we just go with Sam. Yeah. That's uh, true. Daniel and Teal'c, who the spirits say has a demon inside of him because we have to cover that every single episode when we meet a new demon will cause no harm. Let's just constantly hammer it into Teal'c yeah. about how terrible it is. <laughs> That he's different. I know. <laughs> this poor man. I feel like every time someone brings it up, he's just gonna go. <sighs> I feel like he's he's gotta no, have like, like I want. D- d- 
I'm not playing on mental health. Like, I want to see the therapist myself. I want shots, like a web series of Teal and therapy. <laughs> These little, like, I just don't know how else to feel validated. <laughs> I would just have, like, business cards that just, like, point out going, my ghoul is friendly. Yeah, ask me how we can help you. <laughs> um, but uh, but Teal gives him his word that Zemo caused no harm. And so Nani points out that normally that would mean a great deal to him, but they just met and he doesn't know the value of his word, That's which true. is a completely valid point. Yes, yeah, I think he might be the only person who has ever pointed that out. It's like, yeah. That's great, but I have no idea if you're a thief or a pirate. Exactly. Notice all those I used two, two words that were in Uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did notice that. Uh, Sam says they mean no harm, and Tonani's like, but you brought weapons. And That's she's true. like, they were for self-defense. We're looking for our friends. Um, but they're not missing. They're with the spirits. <laughs> so they're dead. No, they're not dead. They're with the spirits. And he's like, don't, don't you know the spirits? And Daniel just jumps in super smoothly. No, no, we definitely, definitely know the spirits. But yeah. there are so many in the forest. Which ones exactly are we talking Which one, about? Tell me about your spirit things. <laughs> it's kind of like when, okay, here's the, here's why this is smart. If, if you've been around children or oh, you have yeah. a child and they bring you a picture that they've made and they go look at this and yeah. you don't go that is a great bunny no no you don't say that you know yeah. that's beautiful tell me about yeah. it yeah <laughs> exactly Let you tell me what we're talking about because exactly. i have no idea where we're going tiny little interesting brain <laughs> yeah um and they're not prisoners either they're free to go yeah and sam's like can we have our weapons back? And he's like, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> I'm totally he's cool so, He's like, so we're free to go? He's like, yeah. He's like, can we have our weapons back? Yeah, sure. <laughs> he shrugs. <laughs> All right, bye. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there. Tonani is awesome. He's one of my favorite characters. Random character we've run across on the planet yet. Yeah, I still, you know, I'm a little skeptical. I like how cool he is about everything, but I'm like, did we underwrite him? Is he not getting enough credit? Yeah. Is he not? Like, I want him to be a little more suspicious. Just because to me that conveys... I would have, I would have really liked, now we get a little bit more, like, he gets a little more serious at the end when they're in the infirmary, uh-huh. where he kind of, he's like, I don't want to say puts off the sort of the playful tone, but he does a little bit, and I really <laughs> would have loved that they pushed that just a little bit further. That's fair. Like, yeah. this is his like, natural personality, like I, he can flip into a more serious mood. I wanted too. him to be a little more puckish. Yeah. If I can get, you know, my, my Shakespeare in here. Yeah. I'll, like, yeah, it's cool. He's very playful. He's very chill. But I want him to remind us that he's a smart guy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which, I'll be honest, I didn't I didn't doubt that he wasn't a smart guy for yeah, the thing. Yeah, you're I right. Just wanted, I just wanted to tell us more. He he flipped into a slightly more serious tone at, in near the end of the episode. And That's I just fair. wanted that to be pushed a little bit further. I wanted him to get a little more darker. Yeah. Just, or just a little more assertive. Yeah. But, but anyways, you know what? That's his way. That That's is, how he works. That is super nitpicky of him because I freaking love Tonani. I want to hang yeah. out with him. <laughs> I just want to sit yeah. around. Like, and I want to hear chill. stories. Yeah. Like, I just want to have story time with Tonani. I feel like he's the right person for me to call when I'm in the middle of one of my panic attacks. Exactly. That happened. Where it's like, <laughs> Tonani, I can't breathe. Everything hurts. To be like, just calm down. It's going to be all right. Just chill. Tell me what you're ta- dealing yeah. with. Yeah. That's okay. Let's go walk through the forest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, okay, but everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> 
<laughs> so outside, they're gearing back up with all these kids running around, and I'd be like, kids, oh. Um, so Tanane and his people were returning to their winter camp when they saw SG-11 mining, uh, trying to take the key, which I tried to see if there was a reference to anything, but I couldn't find it, because again, I'm pretty uh-huh. sure I was doing, the, I may have been doing the wrong spelling, it may have been something invented for the show, okay. I just couldn't find anything out. Um, and he says that Zales probably took SG-11, um, and because he told Tonani to shoot an arrow through the circle of standing water to warn everyone else not to, not to return. Yeah. And, uh, Sam's like, no, they definitely understood the meaning, but it's not their custom to abandon their people. Right. So Tonani says he can introduce him to Zales and, you know, maybe tell him to just misunderstanding. <laughs> Wouldn't hurt to ask. Yeah. And he just walks away. Uh, and the team is highly doubting of all of this. Sam is like, I'm not. This What's happening shit. here? This is definitely, I think it's a combination of this is definitely, I can feel like this is, would be Jack's reaction combined uh-huh. with the fact that she is a scientist and when we see her later talking to Zales, it's so a scientist brain of like, this is, there is yeah. no, I cannot take, I, no, yeah. no. Stop this. Exactly. Yeah, make this stop. Um, and Daniel tells her that there might be a ceremony or something. They might even ask her to dance and whatever it is, just play along. <laughs> so Sam asks how, as they're leaving leaving the, the village, she asks how they remove the impurities of the key. And Tonani's like, well, they ask the spirits. And if the mountain's in a good mood, they drop it in the river, which cleans it till it's shiny. And then they can shape it whatever they want, yeah. which is a completely legitimate explanation. That effective. It works for them. <laughs> yep. So um, here's the thing we're going to do. For so, a while. Yep. In the woods, Tonane just kind of calls out for Zales and Takaya, and Daniel, in this adorable fashion, he was expecting a dance or like a ceremony. <laughs> yeah. And he. And, well, and isn't this the part where he's kind of warning the group? Like he's like, okay, here's what might go down, here's what we're doing. Or well, it was to... right beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Okay, was, yeah. He was like, if they ask you to dance, just go with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I like, and so in here, this, Tonane's just like, well, that's maybe how my great, 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 great grandfather used to call him. But one day Zales just said, call his name and yeah. he'll be here. So that's just all we do. It's like, no, dude, we have phones now. It's like, yeah, yeah you know, it's like. Way to culturally stereotype us. It's like, you know, it's like somebody, an archaeologist from another planet coming to us in the 1800s. Yeah. And then coming back now and being like, now they're going to have these things called telegraphs. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to like message each other. And then you're going to have to wait for a yeah. horse and carriage. Like, and we're like. Nah, bro. We got, we got phones. Yeah. I can't with anyone in the world in a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the same idea, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, Teal finally sees his wolf. Uh, it's Takaya. And Sam has a really hard time playing along and asking where <laughs> her friends are. And this is where that amazing music cuts in again. Yes. And, and... Tonane has this I'm pretty sure it was like a speech in Disney's Pocahontas of like you can't see the wind but you know it's there you can paint with all the colors you can paint with all the colors of the wind as well um, you can ask the critting bobcat. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna do it. Um, and he's like, you know, it's the same with the spirits. You can you can see the wolf, but you know Takaya is there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Zale shows up as as a raven, and Daniel is much better at talking to the spirits. Yeah. Uh, and that they mean no harm. It was just a misunderstanding. And he asks for you know SG11's release. Mm-hmm. The raven calls, and then they have this hilarious scene where they discuss what they think they heard the raven say. 
because Daniel's like, I'm pretty, do you hear that? They just said they release them. And Teal'c's right on board. He's like, I heard the same yeah, thing, too. Yeah, that's the thing I heard. Like, they're no, they clearly don't believe them. It's like, they're yeah. again, they think they're playing with a child. Exactly. And Tonani's like, no, I'm pretty sure he said they think about it. And Sam's like, I don't even give a shit anymore. Why I don't am care. I here? Can I fucking go home already? Where are my people? I need to exactly. go home. Exactly. <laughs> This is where she, like, turns into Jack for a minute. Oh, this is... Yeah. Uh, And so they continue looking on the forest, and Zales comes back, and he calls again. Tonani's like, yeah, he he agrees, and he says their friends are going to be released. So Takaya then shows up, walks into the mist, and out walks SG-11 from the mist. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And Tonani asks Sam, you know, how it feels to see the wind. (laughs) <laughs> I love it and she's like enough <laughs> Sam's like can we go now it's, is it time to go okay these are my people let's get the hell out of here <laughs> on the way back to the village Connor explains that they don't remember the last two days he was writing up his requisition form mm-hmm. and then they just walked out of the mist yeah. uh, and Connor explains that Tonani did ask them to stop blasting but they just said two charges and he, you know he told Tonani they had to wait till after the blast was done to talk and Tonani just walked away mm-hmm and Sam's like, well, let's have that conversation now about taking the key from the mountain. Uh, and Tonani's like, that's not my call at all. We're going to have to talk to the village yeah, elders. Yeah, He's like, oh, I'm just your messenger. I'm yeah. just middle management Yeah, exactly. Here. I'm yeah. going to talk to the people who have power. I'm going to have to call my boss on this. It sounds like a lot like the phone calls I make. So we, we, <laughs> we, we then get to talk, and we get to uh, talk with the two elders that I mentioned as amazing guest stars earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and they under, the first elder understands that they mean well, but their methods of mining are wasteful and violent. Sure. And they upset their people and their spirits. The second elder doesn't understand why what comes down from the mountain isn't enough mm-hmm. for them. And Sam explains that they may need more than what the, the mountain gives them, and they don't want to interfere with the uh, Salish's people's supply. Um, and they do have more methods that are less destructive. Here is the main plot hole okay. that I have with the entire episode okay. in terms of the tritium and them talking with both the Salish people and the spirits. Why at no point in this episode does Sam, Jack, Hammond, or anyone mention to them that they don't just want the Trinium to have the Trinium. They want the Trinium because they're trying to save the entire planet and their people. Right, from the gold. From the gold. Yeah. That's fair. Because the spirits know about the gold. They kick the gold off the planet. I'm sure if you're trying to explain to them that, that we have a common enemy, that we have a common enemy and we don't just want it because we we want this tritium that you have. We want it because we're trying to save, find an advantage to save our people. I'm pretty sure the spirits would be like, hey, instead of just sending about. it down the yeah. mountain, we'll send you some tritium. Yeah. You know what? That's a really valid point. That's a really valid point, and yeah. I don't know that I have enough. No, because they, it. the entire episode, they're just like, well, we need more trinium than that. They don't ever explain to them why you need the trinium. Are we guarded? You know, and maybe maybe that's kind of the point, though, is that we've become so greedy about getting the stuff that maybe. we don't even remember that there's a reason for it. Now, I can see her maybe not bringing it up here to the elders, yeah. because the elders probably have no clue what you're talking about when you say the ghoul, because yeah. they, I mean, they called, you know, 
Junior a demon earlier. But later on, when Jack is talking to the spirits, mm-hmm. they even stay out with the ghoul. They mention the ghoul. I think, you know, Hammond becomes a little bit of a bad guy in this episode. In the yes. sense of he's like, and this is what we're doing and this is what we want. And, and, and he well, loses sight of why. And I, I think maybe that's where we're at. It's the idea that they lose sight of why. So they don't effectively communicate. And yeah, it probably could have been solved if we just went with it. I can, you know, I was going to cover them. this when we actually get to that scene but I'll mention it now. Hammond, I, it's very confusing because I can see it. There's either one of two ways. There's either we've a couple times have gotten this Hammond who is not the Hammond that we like. Right. We've gotten this darker side of Hammond that I like to retcon and say that he has external forces and pressures on him. Sure. So in this episode, I'd like to say that like he is someone who way more than Jack is like this is the chain of command. Well, These are the that's orders what I mean. I'm given. I think he has to embody that. Yeah, that greed. He's like, listen, I don't want to do this, and they feel like they could have maybe had him say this he's like look i don't want to do this either but these are the orders that have been given mm-hmm. the, i mean he so we'll, we'll we'll talk about we'll get more to that when we get to that scene because yeah, that can be a whole other conversation I'm for that um so anyway but the elders are like maybe we should send tonane back with sam to see their methods uh and we see zales they're watching on like a bridge of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the longhouse and he calls and they is like uh Maybe it's too dangerous. <laughs> and Tonane, <laughs> um, and Tonane's like, well, it can't be too dangerous. I mean, Sam and all them came yeah. through, and he loves thing. to travel. And Sam, this entire time, is like, please don't make me bring him back. Please, please don't, don't, make me don't bring come him back. with me. I don't want him please. here. Yeah, he's like a puppy that's gonna follow me home. Ah. <laughs> um. So then the infirmary, Sam is catching up with Jack on what happened on the planet, and George escorts <laughs> Tonane in, uh, and, and Jack, you know, points out and calls him George as well. Yeah. Uh, and they have... Jack and Tonani have I really nice that that's, his, that's him. And I know. <laughs> and I'm like, who's George? Even right now, it took me a second. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's him. <laughs> but Tonani and Jack have this really nice greeting. Yeah. Um, and it's <laughs> and it's here. I have it later in my notes, but it's here I realize that it's, it's Jack's right arm that's in a sling. Right. That's true. So he has, you know, he, he handshakes and braces him with his left hand. But then I really caught it when later on when he has a gun, Jack is that good and he's he that proficient that he's shooting with his left hand. Yeah. I will tell you, me, my left hand is on my body, so my body is symmetrical. <laughs> Okay. My left hand can't do anything. <laughs> My left hand has a couple of things it does well. You know. It's, it, it takes me up to bat really well. It's got a lot of power. Nope. I could not bat to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's interesting. I think it says a lot of how about our minds work. Yeah. It's very much in this side of the hemisphere. Yeah. No, my left, my, it, it literally, when I'm knitting, it just holds things. Like, it doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. Um. And uh, and they basically, they're like, well, you have to go through medical exam too, Tunani. And he's like, I don't know about that. I'm scared of these things that I don't know what they are. They- so later in the briefing room, we see a video of mining techniques. Um, and Tonani's like, those are just as wasteful and destructive as the others. That's true. And Hammond tries pointing out that this is just the first part. When they're done, they restore the land. They plant uh-huh. more trees. 
And he's like, no, my people knows what's best. And the best way is asking the spirits to send it down the yeah. river. Tanani basically says, not enough. Exactly. This is not enough. He goes, like, this is the only way you're going to get any key is by doing it our way. Right. Um, and completely defeated, Daniel is sent to give him a tour of the base. He's kind of excited to show him some pictures of his ancestors and the two of them leave. Right. Um, and Hammond's like, you know, mine's made up. They're offering to share, but it's too small of an amount. Just stuff washed down the mountain over thousands of years yeah. is not enough for what they need. Therefore, Hammond has been ordered to consider other ways. Nothing sinister, but the NID has a proposal, which you know is good because it's the NID and everything they do right. is Right, it's positive. totally up and up and for the advancement of other people um. that aren't ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're going to mine while the Salish are in the south during the summer, and they'll leave before they return. And How Jack's fucked like, up is that? Yeah, and Jack's like, so we're gonna steal it. Yeah, and we're Sam's like, their shit. Sam rightly is not comfortable with that, and Hammond, I mean, I'll give credit, Hammond here, it's like, he doesn't like the idea of lying either, mm -hmm. but they need advantages like this if and when the gold attack next. That's true. And Jack's like, Jack's like, is anyone at the Pentagon remotely concerned about their aboriginal rights, repeating history, that pesky, annoying moral stuff? But yeah. Hammond is assured that it's just going to be a small operation with low damage. What they This doesn't sound like that's a, at all what it is. This is the part where I'm like, Hammond kind of plays our bad guy right And here. he literally says, what they don't know won't hurt them. Wow. And the whole team is rightfully upset about yeah, this. Well, the whole like the, team that's Like there a collective like, groan should have come yeah, out of the crew at that point. It's not good. So yeah. in Hammond's office, right after Connor comes uh, comes in and like hits his fists together and disapparates yeah. Hammond <laughs> yeah. in a flash. Yeah, we're done. Yep. And he walks back to the briefing room where the rest of SG-11 or what's playing SG-11 is lined up. And apparently it's time to show the Earthlings the power of the spirits. Yeah, remember we're that time that sure you thought we were back on our planet that's we're not, surprised we're hiding yeah that's that's not that's not connor no not at all so in the lab with bubbling water in the corner <laughs> not connor uh because we don't actually know you know who, who is. it is yeah. yet uh, makes some scientists disapparate and it's a code nine uh lights are flashing people are running Jack hides out in the uh, the command room uh, and locks everything down. In the hallway, Jack shows Tonani a very interesting and vital part of the base few people get to see, the storage room. Yeah, Ooh. Daniel takes him into the storage room, and I'm like, well, that's awkward. Is he going to make out with him now? Because that's usually <laughs> what happens when people go into storage rooms. Is it seven minutes like, in heaven? Oh, Daniel, like, yeah, you cross all boundaries now. Like, you're just going to make out yep. with this guy? Yep. I don't think he gave you consent. No. This is weird. Yeah. It's, but, it's yeah, weird. it's... I mean, know, he's a it, very good-looking man. I'm isn't not that what storage that. rooms and broom closets are for on TV shows? They exist solely for making out. Well, to be fair, Jack and Daniel did fight in one earlier in the season when he was that's high. True. Okay, so fighting and making out. Which is sometimes Basically, the same thing. I just want to imagine Daniel making out with someone. <laughs> because I've come around on the Daniel hatred train. <laughs> I told you you would. I told you you would. In, in fact, uh, boyfriend Jesse and I came up with a band name accidentally. And he was, because <laughs> I, I called it my public hatred of Daniel. <laughs> and he's like, that is a great band name. It the is. public hatred of Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at 
it's not, I feel like I would like it a bit more if it's more specific of the public hatred of Daniel Jackson. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. And that could, I, you know, it might even work as just like an album name. Yeah. <laughs> I do dig yeah. it. I dig it. Yeah. Um, so Jack makes his way to the armory and runs into Sam and Tealcore there. And I love this moment where Jack grabs a handgun, gives it to Sam. She does something gun related to it, preparing it for firing. I don't know guns in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. But then hands it back to Jack completely without speaking fluid. Yeah. They've been working together for so long. Then she knows exactly yeah. what he meant. Mm-hmm. It was just a really nice moment. Um, and so they, uh... They head off to find, try to find where SG-11 is, because uh, they're the ones making everyone disappear, mm-hmm. and they decide to start back where the lab where the alarm started, which is pretty smart. Yeah. So in the lab, it's, a, this is where the great cutscene is. I love this. Jack walks into the lab. As he walks in, behind him, up on the shelf, you see a raven. And oh. you hear you hear the sound of a couple feathers rustling, and when you cut back to the same shot, quote unquote, Doctor Warner is there. I miss that. Yeah, it's my favorite shot. That's he, so cool. He walks in, and it's it's in the background, blurred out, is a raven sitting on the thing because it zails. It's so good. Um, and Doctor, quote unquote, Doctor Warner tells Jack that it was Tonana who's disapparating everyone, um, and not to worry about SG Eleven. Focus on Tonana. The others are meaningless. Right. Which catches Jack off guard. He follows. The others him. are meaningless. Exactly. Yeah. Catch follows him down the hallway and raises his gun to him, and Teal follows suit. Mm-hmm. He admits that he's one of Tonana's guardian spirits. He wants to be taken to him, or he won't return SG Eleven. Mm-hmm. Jack does not respond well to threats, neither does Zales, and they zap him as he's raising his arms to yeah. disapparate them. He goes down, and as he goes down, he shifts into the form of a silver-suited alien with gills for a nose. Yeah, them gills. Them, that, them was, gills uh, that was my other AKA. Those gills might be the coolest part of this entire episode. Those gills are amazing. The effects that they used there were really freaking And like cool. how they they breathe in sequence down. Like yeah. they breathe in sequence. It was great. I, I, I Listen, I'm easy to please when it comes to, to effects stuff like that because I get really sucked into the story. Yeah. But I, I did, again, I made my boyfriend Jesse watch this one with me and he goes, that's really cool. Yeah, it's that really That was neat. really cool. And I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the fact that their outfits look like the putty people from Power Rangers. Oh, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> the thing with their outfits, and I had a note for it later. Like, the outfits are these nice, shiny, silver things. You should not see a seam with gatherings yeah. on the back of them. <laughs> That's true. Like, it's awkward. Yeah, it's, it's a awkward. Weird. It's a little weird. Um, so they drag him to the infirmary. Two airmen turn the corner by the elevator, and they see Hammond with the wolf. He then, uh, the, air, the two airmen disapparate, and the wolf uh, and, and Hammond turn into the same gill-faced aliens. And Takaya... Says she lost contact with Zales. Uh, they haven't found Tanana yet. She's going to go look for him. If they lose contact, destroy the place and return home. The transformation from the wolf into Takaya. Well, it is still Takaya. But the, yeah. the wolf into the alien was actually really cool graphics. Sure. Yeah, that is. The, I did think that. Hello, Kaylee. Yes, I just Kaylee's. got attacked by Kaylee Thor. <laughs> Kaylee is wants attention right now. <laughs> um, and so as Takaya leaves, she passes, turns into Wolf again, turn, walks past the storage closet, and Daniel hears this whole thing. 
Um, mm. And he turns around and is digitally showing to Nani the storage closet. <laughs> and this is where we keep the toilet paper. Yeah. Quite literally, that's what he's doing. <laughs> and Tonani just wants to go home, um, but they have to find Jack. And I love Tonani's like, well, he's not in here. <laughs> <laughs> this is, he's probably not in the toilet paper. He's probably, no, he's, he's not here. So, back in the infirmary, they have no real way to tell if Zales is okay. Daniel and Tonane walk in, and we have this great thing of, like, Jack? Daniel? <laughs> yeah. Are you you? I love how Jack is just so exhausted at this yeah. point. He's like, fine, it's He's you. Like, yeah, you? Daniel's <laughs> like, I'm what? I'm thinking it might not be you. Never mind. <laughs> uh, and Tonane still thinks it's best if he just goes home. <laughs> Jack is like, look, I know this has something to do with you. Uh, he, he's like, do you know that SG-1 are really aliens? Or SG-11 are really aliens? Uh, and Tonana's like, what are aliens? Yeah, again, he's like, you're using these words. This doesn't I don't mean know what these me. words are. Uh, and so they, they try to show him Zale's true form. And Tonana's like, if this was really Zale's, he'd probably answer me. Yeah. <laughs> he's just ignoring the fact that he's like passed out. You know, in Tonani's, um defense, he's this is what he knows. Yeah. These are the, what he exactly. knows. And Teal'c explains that in his world, uh, beings pretend to be gods to conquer and rule with fear. That's true. And Tonane feels sorry for Teal'c's people because his spirits aren't evil. They don't rule, they protect. This is the scene where I feel like you, you get a little more depth with Tonane. Like, yeah. I yeah, would have yeah, liked yeah. to feel those more, but he, he's, he's, he's serious here. He's like, I'm sorry, but my spirits aren't evil. Like, you're... That's true. You know, they've lived in... falsehoods. There's something about... Um, the skepticism, 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 yeah. yes, skepticism that our guys have lived with, that our SG One team, that Teal Kazal had to live with, because of the cards they've been dealt. That's just kind of what they had to live with. But to not, but Tanani really just got this this good hand. Yeah, exactly. You know, he got dealt these good gods, so he's got no reason to see these things. Yep. And y- you can see it as gullible, you can see it as, as, as dumb or whatever, but it's what he knows. It's his truth. Yep. And there's nothing more to it but that. Like, it's not a bad thing. It's just what's true to him. Exactly. So, uh, Jack says, <clears throat> says, right now, they are trying to conquer the base, and how can they stop them? And this is where we continue this whole trend. Tonani explains that they wouldn't threaten the base or its people unless you were doing something to threaten the Salish. He goes, are you, Jack? Because if you were, there's no way to stop them. Zales and Tokaya and their other spirits, they will destroy you. Yeah. Cue epic music. Dun, dun, dun. So Takaya's walking down the hallway and flashes away more people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in the infirmary, uh, Daniel... um, Heard he, he overheard that they're not going to destroy the ba- base until they have Tonane safe. Mm-hmm. So they need to convince him that they convince the spirits that they're not going to take any more trinium. But they got basically caught planning to steal cookies from the cookie jar. That's true. Uh, they already shot one spirit. Jack doesn't think the conversation is going to go too well. No, they need a new plan. Their plan now is to send Daniel and Jack back to the planet and admit their mistakes to the elders and the spirits. Mm-hmm. They're going to gate back. Hopefully this will go well. Right. So Hopefully Dan- they don't get immediately shot with arrows. Exactly. Daniel starts at the gate, opens a blast door. Uh, Takaya is sitting there waiting on the ramp. Right. Daniel goes down to talk with him. Two spirits end up coming up behind Teal'c and disapparate him. Uh, and Daniel doesn't know where Zales is, which kind of saves him. Mm-hmm. This is where, this is where, because this is where the dog was like, this is huh. where 
There's a back and forth, and yeah. there's a reaction shot from Daniel to a dog, and then from Daniel again to like Daniel being scared of a dog. How many takes? I wonder. Did this ta- take? I have a hunch a lot because I read somewhere that you know this this is clearly not a wolf. This dog they like tie right. its tail down so it's not sticking up in the air. And apparently this dog did not want to do anything but stand there and pant. Like, well, and and not only that, like how many times does it take to run up to a dog and look scared? A dog yeah. this huge? <laughs> I did so and not just laugh your face off like Daniel. <laughs> Way to come in. Yeah. Way to come in to our to, to Michael Shanks, right? That's our actor here. Yes, yes. Michael Way Shanks. to commit to the part. Because how do you look at that murder face <laughs> and not just laugh? How do you pretend to be scared of that? So greatest scene, the man deserves an award. I don't know yeah. what award that is, but he deserves an award. <laughs> well, it could be a terror award, but I kind of yeah. really want to give the terror award to Tanani. To the dog. Yeah. Oh, well, that's it. Oh, yeah. or the dog. I love how we're totally agreed on the same thing, and they're not the same. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Um, <laughs> so in the infirmary, um, Tonani disapparates suddenly as... Uh, as Takaya walks in and also disapparates Sam, Jack raises his gun as Daniel comes in and yells for him to stop. He goes, how do I know you're really Daniel? This again? Because? Reasons. And he goes, yeah, okay. (laughs) So six spirits surround Zales, emit some light, and he's good to go. He Mm -hmm. wakes up, he hits his his fists together, and they disapparate. Yeah, the can we talk about together. this part? The way they healed him was they basically played light as a feather, stiff as a board. They did. They did. They played light as a yeah. feather, stiff as a board, and they all did light different hand signals. They did. Like, they didn't even have one consistent hand signal. Maybe each of them had to do something different, like a different they part of like, the puzzle. They were like, okay, all the boys do this, and then all the girls do this, <laughs> because this matters when you're gods. You yeah. have a, you're exactly. a, a designated sex. Yep. You're not a, yep. whatever. Yep. But yeah, let's play light and feather. Reasons. <laughs> um, and again, these outfits just sure. no. Yeah, they're so, the putty people from just, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. No. So he completely, he immediately tells uh, Zales immediately tells Takaya to destroy this place, and Daniel's like, no. Um, and and Zales comes back. What they don't know won't hurt them. Isn't that what your leader said? Dun, dun, dun. And he says That's the SGC's true. word means nothing. But Takaya's does. And she promised Daniel. So Zales is going to listen. He can't promise that he's going to, you know, th- the words are going to mean anything. He's going to do anything. But he's going to listen. And Jack, you know, has the moral port of the episode. He he tries to give them this word that they're going to end the mining. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if if... His word isn't good enough, then go back, shut down and bury your gate. That's, no one's going to be able yeah. to come through the planet unless you allow it. That's a really good way to end that conversation, yeah. to kind of draw a conclusion there. And this intrigues them because they're like, well, we don't need star travel. Um, but that still doesn't calm Zales because they removed the Gould millennia ago. They took the form of the Salish spirits to try to protect them and coexist in harmony right. without interfering. And the SGC broke that harmony because now he's worried that the Salish are going to fear them and going to rise up and try to destroy them. Right. Now you've changed things. You've changed the... Basically, they were living by the prime directive of Star Trek of non-interference in pre-warp drive civilizations. (laughs) Look at Uh, all these Star Trek things I don't know. (laughs) But instead of, you know, they would basically observe without interacting in any way, but they still took a part in, in, you know, the Salish people's culture. So it's not quite the prime directive, but they're kind of living by the spirit Close-ish, of the prime directive. Yeah. 
Uh, Daniel ensures then that the Salish came from this planet and they value the natural world far more than technology and they should trust them. Mm-hmm. Jack adds that if they respect the Salish people, they shouldn't be posing at their spirits. Again, trust them. And suddenly Jack is Zale's friend. Like Yeah, and suddenly we're like, well, okay, you sound cool. Yeah. We're good with you. So they they put their hands together again, which uh-huh. again, this movement is like the weirdest fist movement. Just just snap or something. Yeah. Like cue snap or something. It's, just You know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you ever watch Friends, but there's this 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 uh episode in Friends where, you know, Monica and Ross are brother yeah. and sister, and there's this thing that Ross does. So that he wouldn't flip off his sister in front of his parents and yeah. get in trouble. Where he basically, like, taps his two oh, wrists yes, together. Oh, yes, I remember that. And it's the dumbest thing ever. And they decided to take do. it and yep. do it here. Basically. And they're like, let's do the Ross fuck you thing. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's terrible. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> so they bring Tony back and they introduce themselves in their true form. And they were honored with the names given to them um, by the Salish people. And yeah. now they can see them in whichever form form they please sure and tonani and his awesome self's like well whatever makes you happy i'm cool with whatever man do it and they're like well this form makes us happy i like burritos yeah (laughs) exactly so tonani finally gets to go home he says goodbye to jack doesn't say goodbye to daniel or sam even or teal even though he knew them way longer well again we don't know what went on in that storage room with daniel maybe it's really awkward awkward now and he's like uh bye i guess bye (laughs) okay bye um, and, and Daniel asks about their friends. He goes, they're right beside you. And Zales brings his hands together again and everyone else is back in the gate Ha-ha, room. Ha tricked you. Yeah. <laughs> They've been here the whole time. Hammond is very confused. Yeah. And every, and all, everyone leaves back to the gate, assuming they're going to bury the gate. Uh-huh. Um, so assuming, I guess we'll never see the awesomeness that is Tornani again. Dun, dun, dun. So, um... I also, the, no, the two notes here, I've already, I was going to say the two notes are here at the end of my thing. I've oh, already mentioned we them. already covered it because we're so efficient. I was just going to say the next week's episode is Touchstone, um, which is fun. It's a word I like. It's a word that I come to a lot in life in general. Like, yeah, what's touchstone. my touchstone here? Yep. Um, which is something that means a lot to me. Who knows what this episode will bring? <laughs> but I'm, I'm far. I I'm know what this just, episode will bring. <laughs> You would. I yeah, would. I'm, I'm already doing a, a literary uh, analysis just based on the title. <laughs> uh, but as far as spirits goes, I dug the episode. There was clearly a message that they were yeah. ramming down oh, my throat. Let's, it's like, I, I feel like it's the most rammed message of almost any episode. It was very much like, don't be a menace in South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Yeah. Which is the, <laughs> which is the Wayans Brothers um, parody of all the gangster movies that came out in the 90s. But there were parts in the middle where, where I think it was Damon Wayans would just come up in a little side screen and go, message! <laughs> and just yell at the yeah. audience and yeah, break the yeah. Well, that's basically what this basically episode did. What this is like, it just yelled, message. message! This is your message here, our hey, attention. How we did that horrible thing in history. <laughs> yeah, hey, so this don't is do kind that of again. how we should have treated it. But, you know, it would have been nice to go over this idea a little more of, um, of benevolent gods or predatory beings. Yeah. Uh, and I think I actually would have liked a bit more of what we talked about earlier. Of I think I would have liked it. I would have found the episode more interesting if we had almost instead of the spirits somehow found in the sky. Sorry. yes <laughs> yes spirits in sky uh somehow found that the the salish people themselves uh-huh. had 
Kind of like the Knox had this advanced technology. Right. But they just... They didn't need to resort to it. They didn't need it in their everyday life. Yeah, that's fair. It was just a thing that they needed. What They had it, then they needed it. You know, there was a couple people that, you know, they're always constantly technologically advancing and they have it, but they're like, we don't need it. Yeah, that's So fair. we don't always use it. I think that, to me, I would have found that very interesting. You know, that would have been cool. That would have given it a little more development. Um... On a whole random tangent, the song I was thinking of earlier called Spirits is yeah. by a band called the Strombrellas. That's a cool name. <laughs> In case you want to look them up, it's very catchy. If you haven't heard it on your radio all summer, you probably will. <laughs> so I must not listen to radio, Grace. But that's, that's true. I am I have to because my car is old and has no other <laughs> options. <laughs> I'm not into it. Yeah. To, we've already covered what I've been listening to for the past, you know, how oh, many months. Oh, Hamilton? Maybe? Oh, Hamilton. Maybe a little bit of Hamilton? Someone, it will never be posted, but someone... Filmed me in the car yesterday. That may or may not have happened, and it wasn't me. I performing swear. part of Hamilton and then sent it to Grace. <laughs> well, I well, did you know, not I know. Needed, I needed to know that it happened, and I was busy in the land of Uncharted. Yeah, you know, finding the pirate Henry every year. I can, I can basically perform the first like four or five numbers hit like accurate like word for word dig it yep Nixie's um, Hamilton proficiency is on point so where would you put this in your top five for the season um I gotta be honest is I it on your top five I don't places um so you know I'm looking at my list I'm looking at my list and I don't know if it places um but if it does then my my list gets rearranged so okay. right now I've got Bane at number one and yes. Bane is staying at number one yes um in my number two spot I've got need slash secrets because I still haven't figured out which well, of those well then your two. list changed from the list I have written down. oh yeah it's oh, changed okay. a lot okay it's changed a lot so that's now my number two is it's need slash secrets yep okay and the Tokra part one and two becomes okay. number three yes I'm keeping Serpent Slayer at five, but okay. my number four spot is a fight between prisoners or spirits. Okay. Um, now, I think that for now, prisoners takes it. Okay. Well, I'm still going to put slash spirits. I, I'll take because that. Because you were like the queen of having of the slashes episodes uh, yeah. until the end of the season <laughs> the where the they feels final that the they battle. give me are the same feels. <laughs> I feel the same feels. I know, Kaylee. I, know, Kaylee I understand. So understanding this. <laughs> She's like, I feel your feels. This goes into the fourth place spot for me. Uh, it goes underneath Tokra, above Serpent Slayer. Nice. Um, we did not because we had Little Jack because... Very Little Jack because he was taking care of the little tiny Anderson. Yeah. Um, we little don't tiny have any for Yeah. Little tiny RDA. Um, was, we don't really have any for crying out louds or anything like Aww. that. Um but we did get this awesome. I just had a child hair, which is yes. which is really great. Yeah, that's when you're talking about his crazy hair, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's because he uh -huh. has slept. Kaylee is clearly ready for this episode to be done, so I think we're going to wrap this up here. So thanks a lot for listening. <laughs> all you, of the Kaylee Barks. We'll find you if you if you would like. Please find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. Uh, you can find us at Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara, and you can also send us an email at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Um, anything else? Rate and uh, review us? Rate and review us on iTunes. That's uh, one of the coolest ways to help us get more listeners. And thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you next week with Touchstone. With Touchstone! Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Bye, everybody! Bye! Bye.